Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Glory be to Yahweh, in the name of the Father, and in the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We are here together for the Orthodox Christian Sabbath on what is called the seventh day of the week or Saturday. We're on the sacred calendar, what's called the 12th day of the sixth month, the year, as some believe, is the year 5,779. Our calendar is as per the uh, Orthodox Constitutions of the Holy Apostles. It's called the Didascalia. And so we are about a month behind what's called the Hebrew or Jewish calendar. But we have the same dates, just a month behind. We have an extra month this year. Some years we do have an extra month and some day, some years we don't because we're based on the biblical calendar, which is based on the signs in the heavens. And we have the Orthodox canon to back it up. And so let us uh, take a look at our first reading today. We'll open it up for discussions. If anyone has anything to interject, just raise your hand or anyone who wants to share, just uh, ping us in the chat room and each passage, I'm sure will be a great encouragement for those who are followers of our King, Jesus the Christ, Yahshua. The king of kings, yes, and he is called Lord, that is king in the English translation. Okay, let's uh, get to our first reading, First Kings chapter 19. Uh, you can always look up ahead of time so you know our theme. Uh, we have our monthly lectionary posted so you can follow along with us on the daily as well as the weekly, the Sabbath, which we have the open discussions on. And if next Saturday looks like a very interesting one, you can always prepare. And we'll even let you come and be the main reader and the, the main teacher as well. And we can actually share back and forth and have our discussion points. You're more than welcome to join with us. Yes, and those still joining in with us in the chat room where I'm getting pinged here. I'll wait just one more minute before we go into the main text. Our second reading will be from Acts chapter 21, 17 to 36. And I know that this will be a great encouragement for all those listening in. And let's pray now. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Praise Yahweh. I know this will be a blessing to discuss and to go through these truths starting in first kings chapter 19 and ahab told jezebel all that elijah had done and withal he had slain all the prophets with the sword that is those baal prophets as you recall that great miracle that happened and the fire came down from heaven and Elijah slew all those prophets, okay? And then Jezebel said, this is a, kind of the ex, the evil ex-wife of, of Elijah. Well, he had married this terrible, terrible, evil woman, Jezebel. 
everyone knows about this. And so uh, Jezebel sent the messenger and Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me. And more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. So you have King, the King Ahab delivering this message. Okay, you have basically Elijah had to now fear for his life. Okay. And it says, and when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and he came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down on a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die. And said, it is enough now, Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. So what a humble man. He did he did this great work and these miracles and it was really the glory of Yahweh was shown and he was all alone. He really felt alone. So and as he lay and slept under a juniper tree. Behold, an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake beaten on the coals and a cruise of water in his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of Yahweh came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink. So finally, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, he's, he's uh, doing what Yahweh has told him to do. And he's uh, laying down again. Okay. Um, so, um, anyhow, he's having that, uh, that faith not to die <laughs> at this stage. Uh, I, I think he was a bit overwhelmed by the fact that his life was going to be, yes, uh, sought after his, uh, his wicked, uh, Jezebel wife become quite powerful and influential. So, uh, and it says, and he arose and he did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights under Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither to a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of Yahweh came unto him and said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for Yahweh of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before Yahweh, and behold, Yahweh passed by. And a great strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before Yahweh. And Yahweh was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake. But Yahweh was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But Yahweh is not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And it was so, even when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went about and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for Yahweh of hosts. Because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek life to take it away. Okay. So, basically, here's the second time that he says these words about they've slain the prophets with the sword. That, you know, although... Now he's recompensed them in the previous passage there. He did he did kind of even up the score. He's kind of not taking that into consideration, but he says uh, he's the only one left, and they seek to kill him, take him away. This is one of our favorite or one of our classic uh, verses is coming up here. We're getting we're gonna get into that verse is coming up that we love to hear about because you know 
he is a devastated prophet at this stage. I mean, he really thinks he's the only one left. He's just ready to die. He just says, look, I believe in Yahweh. Take my life. And he didn't have any other proof of what was going on. And we know the miracles that happen after this. Well, that story is for later, but it is awesome how he calls down fire on the enemy camp and how he's eventually his eyes are open to see there's more with him and Elisha than there are with the enemies. Then you saw that his eyes are open. He saw the armies of Israel. <laughs> wow, those are those are some great things that are going to come up in the future uh, texts that, uh, that are part of the journeys and exploits of Elijah. Anyhow, so uh, he says that I'm not in those those things. This earthquake that happens and this this great breaking of the rocks, uh, a great <laughs> strong wind that it says it rent the mountains and broken pieces the rocks before yahweh but it says yahweh was not in the wind and neither was he in the earthquake nor was he in the fire however it does say that still small voice was the voice of yahweh what an amazing thing that still small voice was the true great power of Yahweh but these things that destroy a, a wind that even destroyed the mountain and Yahweh wasn't even in the wind okay he is Yahweh of hosts and he does have hosts but when we're sometimes not even near him, let's say there are great things that can happen around you. And that doesn't necessarily mean that Yahweh God is there in it. Okay. Such great things can happen and Yahweh is not in it. Now, a lot of people think that Yahweh is in everything. No. It says he's holy. That word, that word for holy is separate, apart. He is in heaven. We pray to our Father who is in heaven. He's not here. He does have influences. He does fill the heavens. Heavens plural, yes. He does have a great long train. It says it fills the heavens. And he does have a great many hosts, and he is in his hosts. But there's also things in even winds okay even fires and he's not in those he's not in the fire he's not in certain winds okay but some winds are called the breath of yahweh or the spirit of yahweh or the power the fire there are many things that will be of yahweh and in yahweh where he is in it and we are in him. But in this case, this was something else. Whether it was an enemy attack, whether whatever it was, this was a great powerful thing from on high that happened. Now, you couldn't see what it was. He couldn't see what it was. Well, later you remember his eyes are going to be opened, right? So this could have been an angelic warfare going on where it says, you know, Satan has one third of the angels. Well, Yahweh has two thirds of the angels. And so that could have been some firepower from on high. Okay. And a battle that went on. And Yahweh wasn't even in the battle. He is holy. He sends out his messengers. Okay. And so he's saying, and I, even I only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. 
And Yahweh said unto him, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Yehu, the son of Nishmi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shephat and Ablamah, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazel shall Yeshu slay. And him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Ooh. Yet have I left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees of which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. Wow. Okay, so there's that classic verse that everyone loves to quote. But, you know, a lot of people don't know this context. And that's why it's great when we go through these lectionaries. You get really the chunk. You get the context. You don't just get the favorite verses. And we go through the whole scripture, which I believe is so edifying. And I really encourage people to join us every week, whether you have a local assembly or not. You know, we know that everybody needs to gather together at least on Sabbath. It says, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. That's corporate assembly. And he, you know, like Yahweh told Moses, you're to proclaim them forever. There's holy convocations, which means to gather together to have an assembly, have a rehearsal. We're rehearsing the wedding supper. We're rehearsing also the 7,000 where that we had that 1,000-year reign of Christ, okay? So praise Yahweh. It's great to be able to go through the scriptures together with other believers. Now. So he departed thence and found Elisha, son of Shephat, who was plowing with 12 yokes of oxen before him, and he with the 12th, and Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. Wow. <laughs> He threw his mantle upon him. What an amazing thing. And he left oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from it. So he says, Look, you don't have to give up everything. It's, you know. Okay. And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them. And boiled their flesh with instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. So he gave up uh, some great part of the animals and uh, sacrificed and kind of gave a great uh, party, as you could say, uh, to the locals uh, and had a, the right kind of parting. You know, he didn't. Just have to run off right then and there. He says, just let me kiss my father and mother. No, he says, no, I can go back again. You know, you don't have to, you know, <clears throat> I haven't told you anything yet. <laughs> you know, he's saying, what have I done to thee? <laughs> you know, you're already telling me you're going to take off. Wow, what a what a prophet Elisha was. And, you know, when he threw his mantle on him, Remember, that's the last thing he does, too, is he throws his mantle. He got a double anointing when Elijah had. He did double the miracles. But look, this is an amazing thing. He's Here you have Elisha. He didn't think anyone was left. And then all of a sudden, Yahweh tells him, anoint a king over Israel. Wow. You know? And... To also anoint a king over Syria, and whoever doesn't this, whoever escapes from the sword of the uh, Syrian king, then <laughs> the king of Israel is going to have to slew him, slay them. <laughs> and whoever escapes his sword, Elisha is going to slay them. Okay. So does that sound very pacifistic? in the time when they had killed all of God's prophets, okay? I mean, no. Yahweh said violence is met with violence. He said the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force, right? And he also said 
the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever and ever. That's upcoming. That is upcoming very soon. Let us get into Acts chapter 21, verses 17 through 36. And when we were come to Jerusalem, the brethren received us gladly. And the day following, Paul went with us unto James, and all the elders were present. Wow, okay. So here you have um, in Jerusalem, the brethren receiving Paul gladly together with the other apostles. And Paul went unto James. James is shown to be the first bishop of Jerusalem. And here it says, and all the elders were present. You see, they had a holy synod, okay? And that's where you hear the law spoken. That's where, that's the word for synagogue is where laws are gone over. Like it says, Moses has in every city them that preach him being read in the synagogues every seventh day, every Sabbath. Okay, every time when Paul was giving any message about the law, especially for the new Gentile converts, he says, well, you don't have to be circumcised to have salvation, but what you need to do is abstain from things strangled and from blood and from. So he would give an outline of the Levitical law, which says don't have blood, don't have idols, don't have uh, things strangled, which encompassed all those uh, Levitical dietary laws, okay? If you can look it up in any encyclopedia, this word for the Greek word, pneiktos, I did a video on that, expounding on it. That word having to do with all the forbidden meats. It's a very special Greek word there. So in that case, he was, you know, reaching out to the Gentiles helping them all get converted in a way that they can handle it. And then he said he would always validate that statement by saying, for the law of Moses is read in the synagogues every seventh day in every city. Okay? So now here, there were false accusations going around, mainly. They didn't want the Gentile tribes, the true Israelite tribes. Yes, Gentile means kindred nation, or kindred tribe. If you don't believe me, just look up the Greek words there. It really means kindred nations, the families of even the tribe of Judah is called Gentile in the New Testament. You know, gentry, have you ever heard of that? has to do with the word nobility or the actual descendants is also the word for genao, the generations. It's really clearly the family, okay? Abraham's seed was called a Gentile. Yes, in Greek or in English. That's the same word for the true Israelites. That's the word Gentile. A lot of people didn't realize that, but just saying that in passing you can look it up okay and so it says uh, let's continue on and when he had saluted them he declared particularly what things god had wrought among the gentiles by his ministry and when they had heard it they glorified yahweh and said unto him thou seest brother how many thousands of jews there are which believe and they are all zealous of the law so, okay, there are a lot of believers, and they were all zealous of the law. Now, we know Paul also was zealous of the law, but he was out there ministering to the Gentiles. And they are informed of thee that thou teachest all the Jews, which are among the Gentiles, to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children, neither walk after the customs. Whoa. <laughs> As you know, he said that they can hear the law preached in every city, and he really reconfirmed in each case 
that he was talking about salvation because the main argument he had to debate was they said, unless you be circumcised according to the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. Well, he said, get saved, take care of the things that you do well, because again, he didn't say you had to do it for salvation, all the good works, like abstain from things strangled and from blood and idols. No, he said, do those things so you do well. Okay, that's talking about what you do well on the earth. You know, doing well doesn't mean salvation, does it? Good works are so you can do well. That's what he was saying. Now, no one will say, don't do what's good. Well, the law of Moses is what is good. Also, it's what it says is sin. First John 3, 4 tells us sin is the transgression of the law. So the way we know what we do is bad is when we break the law, right? First John chapter 3, verse 4, we pray daily, confessing our sins, right? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, right? So we get in right standing. We acknowledge Christ by his blood forgives us and cleanses us of all sin and unrighteousness. Yes, it says if you confess your sin, even in your abbreviated sins, you don't have to go through a huge laundry list, you know, like, oh, I forgot something or, oh, I was afraid of something during the day because it says, you know, whatever is not a faith is sin, right? So if you weren't faithful in anything, you just kind of forgot something even, that's a sin too. But you don't have to go through every single little thing like forgetfulness. You can... You know, he recognizes that you're seeing your, your flesh is not perfect, okay? And we all need daily to acknowledge that higher standard than our flesh. And it isn't to say there's you're going to do those big sins. No, it says there is a sin unto death. And it says it would be better that you had a millstone over your neck and cast into the sea. Christ even said, it's better that you cut out your own eye. If your eye offends you, then they go your whole body thrown into hell. Don't anyone tell me that he was telling anyone to stop stoning that woman. He said, you are required to stone the man and the woman together. He wasn't a coward. He said, you must be without sin when you start casting the stones. That's also in the law. Okay. He quoted the law. They said, shall we stone her according to the law? And I'm not misquoting it. That's exactly what they said. And he said, start casting the stones. Because you got to be without sin. He says, you who are without sin, cast the first stone. After that guy casts it, then everyone else can start casting them. Because at least someone has to be without a mistake here today. And at least someone has to have gone through the normal cleansing in the morning where at the morning service they have confessed their sins and not out there just wild rampaging but all of them were living in sin maybe they were also dealing with prostitutes or adultery themselves so rather than obey the commandment to start casting the stones they probably are part of that multitude who said they have no king but caesar and they didn't accept christ as their king and so he continued with the law and he went to the woman and he said, woman, where is your accusers? Where did they go? Because it says when there's two or more witnesses, you are to be put to death. He was ready to put her to death, but he could not find the accusers. Okay. Because he was without sin. So he would have had to start casting the stones. But you can't do a stoning with just one person casting stones. And you can't do a, a uh, court trial without two witnesses. Okay? He knew that they jumped the gun. So maybe he did kind of push their buttons. Because, first of all, the man probably wasn't there yet. So maybe sarcastically, he did kind of say, well, 
start casting the stones, you know, because they were jumping the gun. In any case, he never taught or told anyone to break any of the laws, and we too need to teach. When we do fall short, we have to confess our sins. Remember Paul, people think Paul is this grace man. You're going to see here that he wasn't at all in this passage. And, you know, he said when there was this pedophilia going on or something with incest of a family, he said, deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of their flesh that their soul might be saved. Yes, that tells you everything right there. He was ready for them to be put to death. Destruction of their flesh so their soul might be saved. Deliver them. Deliver them to the executioner. The Romans would have loved to take that person, put them through their trial of death, okay? Whether it be crucifixion or whatever based on the crime committed, okay? In those days, I'm sure sodomy was a lot was forbidden even then. There's not very often that sodomy has ever been legal in the world. Okay? Don't anyone tell me any different. Okay. As touching the Gentiles, which believe, okay, here you have the next part of the this uh, passage here. Okay, back in. He's saying that they, uh, they're saying that you told them that they don't have to circumcise their children, neither walk after their customs. What is it, therefore? The multitude must needs come together, for they will hear that thou art come. Do therefore this that we say to thee. We have four men which have a vow on them. Take, take them and purify themselves with them, and be at charges with them that they may shave their heads and all may know that those things whereof they were informed concerning thee are nothing, but that thou thyself also walkest orderly and keepest the law. See, it was so important for all the people there in Jerusalem to see that he walked orderly and kept the law. I think this goes along with last Sabbath's message, orderly, okay? That was the topic, that the Holy Spirit does everything orderly. And what did they tell him here? Go with him and, and pay and purify yourself in the temple, doing that of a Nazarite vow, okay? And Here it says, continuing on, as touching the Gentiles which believe, we have written and concluded that they observe no such thing, save only that they keep themselves from things offered to idols and from blood and from strangled and from fornication. Okay, so this uh, verse here, we look at it in the King James. I'm looking at the lectionary. Translation. Sometimes it's abbreviated. Yeah, it's a bit abbreviated. Acts chapter 21, verses 17 through 36. Sometimes we go a little bit deeper. Yeah, some things are in italics in King James, so that's uh, not here. That's good. Okay. Verse 26. Then Paul took the man, and the next day, purifying himself with him, entered into the temple to signify the accomplishment of the days of purification, until that an offering should be offered for every one of them. Okay. You see? 
he proved to everyone that he walks orderly and keeps the law. Wow, so many people have missed this point. Even the Jews that were there in Jerusalem were missing that point that he was teaching people to keep the law and he didn't tell anyone to break it. But concerning the Gentiles who didn't have the temple there, he wasn't requiring, see this point here, Verse 25, is touching the Gentiles to believe we have written and concluded they observe no such thing, save only they keep themselves from things offered to idols and from fornication, blood, and things. Okay. So going into the temple and offering something in the temple was for the tribe of Judah and Levi and some of the tribe of Benjamin who were part of the Judean nation. For the other tribes, known as the Gentiles, the 10 tribes, okay, it's called the Northern Kingdom of Israel. Judah was called the Southern Kingdom. They were two nations ever since, like we read last week, ever since Solomon's son did they become two separate nations. Yahweh had a hand in that. And Judah goes in the temple and uses the temple. Okay. That's not saying that the other tribes couldn't go to them, but they have written and concluded that they don't observe that. Now, this is coming from this first century. If you believe the word of God, Acts chapter 21, verses 17 through 36. This right here, just like last week, these texts, okay, need to be front and center. Okay. Here you have the church councils. Last week, we also covered church councils, didn't we? And the week before, and the week before, and the week before. We have bishops leading. You have elders, okay, archbishops. You have practically cardinals, okay, like James here, all right? For lack of a better word, they don't believe in cardinals, but look, princes, you're a royal priesthood in a holy nation, it says, right? First Peter 2, 9, okay? Now, believe you me, God has his ecclesia, his royal priesthood in full operation, and he walked orderly here. He followed what it says here, not only the elders, but James, the bishop of Jerusalem himself. They were all present. And this was orderly. They were written to observe no such thing. This is what they told the Gentiles. So it could be done orderly. Okay. Now, if they wanted to, they could. But they don't have to observe this thing. Okay. For the house of Israel, you had the marriage from Yeshua to them. But for Judah, Judah was not divorced. If you remember, only the house of Israel, the northern kingdom, was divorced because of their worshiping idols. And they were later called the uncircumcised, estranged from the commonwealth of Israel. But they were remarried, it says. And that middle wall of partition was taken down through Christ. So that the wild olive, which is called the northern tribes, okay? The house of Israel is called the olive tree. Now it's called the grafting in of that wild olive branch. And that's what happened. And so now they could come to the temple. But... This is such an orderly situation. We're talking about <laughs> Okay, we're talking about first century believers, okay? First century believers who were so orderly there in Jerusalem. A great company of the priests were obedient to the gospel of Christ, okay? The priests, okay? 
so much order was going on. This is for my Protestant friends out there. I'm really trying to tell them, you know, if you believe any of the Bible, you're going to really start walking more orthodox and more orderly. Right now, there is a bit too much disorder and chaos. Okay? You need liturgy. You need order. You need services. Okay? They want to tell me, oh, but God doesn't dwell in a church. So what? That has nothing to do with it. You're still commanded to assemble together. I don't care if it's in a barn. I don't care wherever you feel comfortable meeting, but you have to meet together. And if you don't, you're an enemy of Yahweh. Don't tell me you're just going to separate yourself and come out of the church because you feel you're holier than everyone else. No, it says you, you do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And Yahweh doesn't like these kind of stubborn people. You have to have love one for another, not to be nitpicking and fighting. Okay. And you know, I want what I wanted to point out was it says these were believers, okay, who were so zealous of the law. All right. Acts chapter 21. Uh, verse 18. Uh, sorry, verse 19. Ah, 20. And when they heard it, they glorified Yahweh and said unto him, Thou seest, brother, how many thousands of Jews there are which believe, and they are all zealous of the law. Okay? So these are even Christians here. Believers. Okay? Wow, you know, it says they who believe. They who believe not, they're damned, right? That's what it says, Gospel of John, they who believe. These believers were zealous of the law, so zealous that they're ready to take out Paul right then and there. Okay, we're going to get to the next, the next part of this passage, and you won't believe what these believers did okay people think that this was just the, the jews in general that didn't believe no this was talking about the ones who did believe were zealous of the law okay this is talking about a lot of order going on they had revolution and they had a lot of people all except the messiah there okay great company of the prophets and the, and the priests it says we're we're obedient to the gospel yes prophets as well levites says they were going around all over and teaching in every synagogue boldly teaching these truths okay boldly teaching christ in all the synagogues it says openly yes there are times here and there where they're banned from teaching but they never stopped and they continued to go in and they were victorious okay we don't have that kind of faith anymore people just say oh don't go to any church well you are a heretic if you say that it says you're to occupy till he comes and if you give up you put your stuff in the ground yahweh is an astute man and he's gonna take what you have you gotta build we gotta build Okay, so we're on verse 26 when he took the man and he uh, went through the days of purification and he presented himself and everyone could see he was keeping the law. Verse 27, and when the seven days were almost ended, the Jews which were of Asia, when they saw him in the temple, stirred up all the people and laid hands on him, crying out. Men of Israel, help. This is the man that teacheth all men everywhere against the people and the law and this place and further brought Greeks also into the temple and had polluted this holy place, which they had no proof of. 
For they had seen before with him in the city Trophimus an Ephesian, whom they supposed that Paul had brought into the temple. So they thought, well, when he was um, in the city, that he was there with Trophimus. Okay. That didn't mean he brought him in the temple, but if he did, what was that to them? But anyhow, they thought he was just going around teaching against keeping the commandments, against the temple, against everything. Okay, we know that to the Gentiles, maybe, but not to the Jews. It says here they that they think that he's teaching every, everybody. You know. Um, saying that in verse 28 teacheth all men everywhere okay all men everywhere that's what the accusation was so that he was teaching Jews to break the commandments that he was teaching which he didn't do teaching all men everywhere against the people and the law and this place so against that word people is the word Gentile again. Which he didn't do. He didn't do that. And he proved it by taking part in the Nazarite vow. This is this was what the elders decided for Paul to do, and he obeyed them. Okay. And what happened? It's just unbelievable. Verse 30, and the city was moved and the people ran together and took Paul and drew him out of the temple and forthwith the doors were shut and they went about to kill him. Tidings came unto the chief captain of the band that all Jerusalem was in an uproar who immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran down unto them and when they saw the chief captain and the soldiers, they left beating Paul. Then the chief captain came near and took him and commanded him to be bound with two chains and demanded who he was and what he had done. And some cried one thing, some another, among the multitude. And when he could not know the certainty for the tumult, he commanded him to be carried into the castle. And when he came upon the stairs, so it was that he was born of the soldiers for the violence of the people. So he really had to be carried by the soldiers. Uh, for the multitude of the people followed after crying away with him. You know, what, what similar situation Christ had to go through? The zealousness, the anger, the hate. What what an adulterous people too. It says that the purple Judah is going to be called also Babylon. Yeah, the, the whore of Babylon. What a great, terrible thing. A man who is innocent yet again being carried away falsely accused, being beaten to barely be carried off by the soldiers, and they were pressing, following hard after, crying away with him. There sure were a lot of cliques back then, and among this camp were a great many believers. So you not only had the kind of Edomite, Khazar type Jews who were there, not yet Khazar at that time, but they were called Canaanites, Edomites. They were attacking and fighting. And a lot of them were not the believers, and a lot of them were the believers. I'm sure it was a mixed group because not everybody there believed in christ in fact many of them said let his blood be upon us and our children 
who were, yes, some became the rotten figs, who says that they were rotten figs, okay? That's what he likened the house of Judah to. Um, but then many of them were not. Many of them were saved. Many of them were believers, okay? But you had a, both camps were there. There were tendencies to be like these violent extreme ones. But remember, Paul himself was a part of that camp, going and killing the Christians, killing the believers. And so you had a lot of that going on. And the best advice was given to, to show the people openly that you don't teach against the law. This was really important in the first century council of James with all the elders present, okay? So I hope that we can learn of this, that it is very important to emphasize, to show that we keep the commandments. They might still try and kill us, but remember, Paul escapes this one. And they didn't have fake news back then, but they also didn't have the capabilities of real news, okay? But they did have these big uh, gangs of people. They did have these mobs taking and dragging people out like this. But these days, we have better communication channels where we can hold the lines. But in this case, James, the elders, and the brethren couldn't hold back. Neither could barely the centurions, the soldiers, they could not do so good of a job. But they did carry him out and got some justice. He didn't do anything wrong. You might be persecuted for teaching the truth. You might even be persecuted when you've done nothing wrong at all. And including impossible for the accusation to be true, like with Paul. Here he was showing so much proof that he believed in the commandments, that he was in the temple offering a Nazarite vow. I believe it was a couple of doves you offer and so on and so forth. Just like the offerings tithes and so forth are of your your items that go to the temple to be offered up okay praise yahweh for all these things we're so thankful that we have these truths preserved for us in the word of god i hope more and more people are encouraged to continue in our orthodox ways to join with us on the sabbath and the daily as well you can look on our website, orthodoxchurch.nl, and you can find the daily. You have the daily Psalter in the top right-hand corner. You can pray together with us in agreement. Yes, there is much power when you pray in agreement, so it's great to know what service and what psalms are on for the day. And those who are in monastic orders, you can always follow along and join with us. If you want a covenant together with us further, you can give us a call or email us, or write us, and we'll be glad to get in contact with you and better covenant together. So I look forward until next Sabbath that you'll be encouraged, that his word will be a light to your path, that you'll be blessed this week through our King, Jesus the Christ, Yeshua. Okay, and... Do take care. Remember to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. We have that great good news of the kingdom to share and spread around. And he's given us the victory. Remember, when you've done all that's commanded, you just say you've just done what was your duty to do. There's nothing special to just keep the, the, keep the Sabbath or keep the commandments. You've only done what that was your duty to do. But you will be blessed. If you call the Sabbath the delight, he said, then I will bless you so much. I'll cause you to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. 
Yes, if you just delight in the Sabbath and call the Sabbath a delight and you turn your foot from doing your own pleasure on his holy day, wow, you will be so blessed. It is so awesome to know him. Yahweh is great. And I tell you, I've seen so many miracles and so many things come together. He really does love us. It is so awesome to know him. I pray each and every person will be more and more encouraged to continue in his commandments and to teach his law. To teach repentance. It says if you turn one person from their sins, you cover a multitude of your own sins. We need to teach people the commandments. We really, really do. You know, it says none of his commandments are grievous. Okay. All of them are good. There's nothing hard about any of his commandments. Love, love your neighbor, love Yahweh with all your heart, all your soul, all in all your strength. But he also said, you know, those are the big commandments, but there's these little ones too. He says, you're not to, not to leave the little ones undone. He says, don't leave the, even the tithing, the mint, and the cumin, don't leave that undone. Part of our confessing our trespasses is better be you miss giving the full exact 10%, because if you miss, even you have increase of your seed in your garden, the mint and the cumin, that 10% goes to Yahweh, okay? And if you miss just the 1%, it says you are stealing from Yahweh, okay? It says, how have you stolen from him? It's in tithes and offerings. Prove me now herewith, he said, that if you give your tithe, I will open the windows of heaven and there shall be more than enough. But right now, a lot of heavens are shut up from people's getting their needs met because they have chosen to steal. That is just simply not to give their 10% because it already belongs to Yahweh. But if you're withholding it, you're not giving it to his church. You're not giving it to the Orthodox who keep the commandments. Yes, it does say there are Orthodox. Don't you rebel Protestants reproach against Almighty Yahweh? I hear all sorts of people talking against prophets. You know, he's anointed his prophets. He says, I will feed you and I will send you pastors, true pastors who will feed you. And he will not have everything ruled over by false prophets so don't just a lot of people like to focus in on false prophets well that's folly because he has many true prophets that we need to spend 10 times as much effort than we do talking slander you no know, all these scoffers and scorners that should be 10 percent, not even 10 percent of ever any any certain discussion says let your all your conversation become the gospel right that's the good news the proclamation of the good not just tearing down a lot of people just are into this tearing down business of bad mouthing others and that needs to stop we should spend our time praising building up loving and if there's us that should not take up even one percent of our conversation okay love and that's it building up that's it we so we have so much so many things to be thankful for and i hope that you'll also remember to be thankful and praise yahweh make a list of all those blessings in your life give thanks to him this day pour out your heart to him if there's anything lacking and he will restore your soul it says cast your burden on him and he will he will take it away from you he will comfort all those that mourn but also he wants us to be positive cast your burden on him because he cares for you take care and yahweh bless you and i know you will be blessed as you continue in his word you are his disciple indeed and you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free praise yahweh looking forward till next time yahweh bless bye bye with 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.